Good morning from Beirut, Lebanon. This is Mina Now. It's Thursday, December 3rd, and this is your morning briefing. Starting off with the main news in Lebanon today, first, the International Video Conference, whose goal is to assess how to drop humanitarian aid for Lebanon, was held on Wednesday and hosted by France, who is leading the diplomatic efforts to assist Lebanon with their financial crisis after the August 4th explosion. During the opening of the conference, French President Emmanuel Macron urged the formation of a government pledged to return to Lebanon soon, and touted plans to form a World Bank managed fund to provide humanitarian aid to Lebanon. And the European Union, the United Nations, and the World Bank Group will announce details on Friday of a new framework for international aid for Lebanon's post-explosion reform, recovery, and reconstruction. An official with the French presidency, who spoke on condition of anonymity ahead of the conference, said Wednesday's meeting would evaluate how urgent aid could best be used going forward, rather than offer up new amounts of cash to a country, quote, known for its dysfunctions, to put it mildly. World leaders and international organizations pledged nearly $300 million in emergency humanitarian aid after the August 4th explosion, but warned that no aid will be provided to the Lebanese government for rebuilding the country until Lebanese authorities commit themselves to a serious political and economic reform. The French official added that, quote, we have the same parliament, we have the same political leaders, but added that, fortunately, we note that civil society has organized, which is taking up position and compensating for the deficiencies of the state and public services. The joint parliamentary committee session held on Wednesday focused on state subsidies, and the central bank's reserves did not come up with recommendations on the matter, but decided to wait for the cabinet, in coordination with BDL, to present its own plan, according to a statement from Member of Parliament Ibrahim Kanaan. As head of Parliament's Finance and Budget Committee, Kanaan also stated that without a practical proposal from the central bank or government, Member of Parliament cannot talk about subsidies and BDL reserves, as discussions would be, quote, useless. Other members of Parliament's Member of Parliament, Simone Abiramie and Jamil Al-Sayed, revealed that the central bank has begun counting its physical gold inventory for the first time since 1996. Back in 2018, BDL prevented external auditors from conducting an inventory of the gold. Head of the Enforcement Department in Beirut, Judge Faisal Maki, has ruled to maintain the precautionary seizure on a number of properties owned by Central Bank Governor Riyad Saleme, according to a statement by the People Want to Reform the System. The order was previously issued by the judge on July 17, 2020, after lawyers from the People Who Want to Reform the System group accused Saleme of embezzlement, professional negligence, and undermining the state's financial standing after which Saleme appealed the decision. A meeting was held between U.S. official John Desrosher, acting as mediator for the Lebanon-Israel talks, and President Michel Aoun, in which the president's office stated that, quote, Lebanon wants maritime border talks with Israel to succeed, and that, quote, difficulties that surfaced in the last session round can be overcome. 
Aon also told Des Rocher that, quote, the difficulties that appeared in the last round of negotiations can be removed through in-depth research based on international law and the articles of the law of the sea. This comes after the session scheduled for Wednesday was postponed, with U.S. officials instead pursuing separate contact with both sides. Eight high-ranking military officers were charged with illicit enrichment on Wednesday by the Beirut State Prosecutor for Appeals, Judge Ziad Abu Haidar, a judicial source, told the Daily Star. Now, the charges pertain to crimes of illicit enrichment, exploiting official posts to accumulate wealth and reaping fortunes through using their influence, bribes, admitting officers to the army in exchange for money, and providing services to powerful people for personal benefit, the source said. The military court's government commissioner, Judge Fadi Akiki, had launched the investigation after multiple reports in the media surfaced on the wealth of these officers, with politicians also revealing additional information focusing on properties, companies, and funds of the men in question. Rounding up the news in Lebanon, another round of violent clashes occurred today between students at St. Joseph University's Ouvlan campus, leaving several people injured on the third day of student elections, the NNA reports. The fight reportedly occurred between Lebanese forces and Hezbollah student supporters as a continuation of a brawl that took place yesterday between the two factions. Shifting to the second segment of this episode, the region at a glance, in a series of responses to the killing of Iran's top nuclear scientist, which Tehran has blamed on Israel, Iran's watchdog body approved a law on Wednesday that obliges the government to halt UN inspections of its nuclear sites and increase uranium enrichment beyond the limit determined by Tehran's 2015 nuclear deal if sanctions are not eased in a month. Now, this comes after Iran's parliament approved the bill on Tuesday with a strong majority, which will notably harden Iran's nuclear stance. Iran's semi-official Fars News Agency reported that, quote, today in a letter, the parliament speaker officially asked the president to implement the new law. With more on Iran nuclear tensions, U.S. President-elect Joe Biden told the New York Times on Wednesday that he is against Iran gaining a nuclear weapon, adding that it is the last thing the Middle East region needs. Biden also said that his administration would seek to extend the duration of, quote, restrictions on Iran's production of fissile material that could be used to make a nuclear bomb and any new negotiations on a nuclear deal. He also added that Tehran would have to agree to new demands if a return to a deal was possible and that it must address its malign regional activities through proxies in Lebanon, Iraq, Syria and Yemen. And as tensions with Tehran keep rising, Israel received its most complex and advanced warship on Wednesday called Shield, a German-made vessel. This recent purchase was described as a defensive by Reuters since it was done in the aftermath of the killing of the Iranian top nuclear scientist days ago. Israel also wants to protect offshore natural gas fields close to Lebanon, with which it has held so far fruitless U.S.-mediated maritime border talks. Israeli President Reuven Rivlin said at a ceremony at the port that, quote, the welcome discovery of the gas fields off Israel's shore made it necessary to create a plan that will provide a protective envelope. An Israeli security official also told Reuters that, quote, the Iranians are looking for prestige targets like these that can be hit with low casualties, 
meaning they may hope less chance of escalation. In other news, prominent human rights lawyer Nasrin Satude arrested two years ago on charges of collusion, spreading propaganda and insulting Iran's supreme leader, will be moved back to prison less than one month after being temporarily released because of health concerns, according to statements made by her husband Reza Khandan. He also added that a medical examiner had recommended a two-week extension of his wife's furlough, but authorities said she must immediately return. Sotude is an internationally recognized lawyer whose release has been advocated by the UN and human rights groups outside Iran. Rounding up the news in the region, in their first written agreement following 19 years of war, Afghan government and Taliban representatives said they have reached a preliminary deal to press on with peace talks. The agreement on Wednesday lays out the way forward for further discussion and is considered a breakthrough because it will allow negotiators to move on to more substantive issues, including talks on a ceasefire. Having said this, we have now reached the end of Mina Now's podcast episode. As always, thank you so much for your time and don't forget to subscribe. I'll be here every morning. This is Mina Now.